welcome to the Professional Plumber Podcast. We hope that these podcasts will bring some insights into who we are and what we do. So while in conversation with the PIRB, sit back, enjoy, and make sure to connect with the PIRB on Facebook or at PIRB.co.za for more. It's a lekker warm welcome to our audience, to you, the listener out there. This is another technical conversation in which we are going to discuss the importance of using a solar tank and the SANS 1307 standard. Now, with me, as usual, for these technical conversations, I have Mr. Richard Bailey. Richard, a warm welcome to you as well, and thanks to Stack for joining me again. Yeah, Willem, uh, as usual, you know, thanks very much for having me. Um, it's always a pleasure being here, and uh, as you know, these technical podcasts are are one of my favorite things to do and I really do enjoy them because it's a nice short concise way of giving valuable information Mm, absolutely Richard when I introduced the topic of the day and what we're going to discuss today I said that you know I called it the importance of using a solar tank and SANS 1307 so when it comes to solar installations the title in itself suggests that there's a specific type of tank that you should use when you're installing a solar system. Is that correct? This is why I included in the, in the title of this podcast, the and I wanted to introduce the notion of SANS 1307. Um, because when you are installing a solar system, um, it, it needs to comply to certain things. And we'll touch on 1307 just now. But conventional tanks are used in solar systems, but it's not correct. That does not constitute a solar system. And we'll, we'll touch on it in a little bit later. So essentially, it is not a compliant uh, solar system when a conventional tank is used. There's a number of key design differences between solar tanks and conventional hot water cylinders. And uh, these are the key differences that actually allow for the system as a whole to perform to its required standard or its required level. So talking about the standard, what what does the, the SANS 1307 standard actually entail? It's one of those standards that we call a product standard. So you'll have, uh, for for plumbers and installers, we have a whole range of installation standards, those which tell us how to install uh, water systems, how to install a geyser, et cetera. So um, those are installation standards telling the the installers how to go about designing and installing these things. SANS 1307 is a product standard, and it dictates how a solar system should be designed, how it should be tested, and what performance levels it should be able to achieve when once it's tested in a certain manner. So 1307 takes any solar system and and it caters for all domestic solar systems. And it says, okay, you want to introduce, uh, let's call it a 150 liter direct uh, thermosiphon system, fine. These are the tests you need to um, uh, do, and this is the results it needs to achieve. And so it tells designers and manufacturers how to go about designing these things. Um, there are specific requirements in terms of uh, specification of the tanks and collectors, etc. I'm not going to go into millimeters and and, and, and degrees Celsius, I'm not going to do that, but it's, there are specific requirements when it comes to the, to the design. And one must understand that when you talk about a solar system, the very name suggests, and this is something we all forget, the very name suggests that it is a system. It 
it, it consists of multiple um, components, including a storage tank, a collector, uh, your valves, the cradle in which it sits or the frame on which it sits, the hardware, and all these things, all the peripheral stuff that go with creating and, and enabling this thing to work as intended. It is a system. So when once 1307 talks about a solar system, you can't say, oh, well, this tank, um, this collector is 1307. It's not. It's not a collector. It's about a system. It's a system as a whole. So it's tank, collector, valves, peripherals, everything. That is a tested unit, and it will perform to a particular level. And if you deviate from that, in other words, if you take that tank out and put a conventional solar, uh, a conventional geyser in there, you've now changed a component, a key component in that system, and it's not going to be 1307 compliant anymore. Yeah, absolutely, because you've broken the system. The thing that works, um, you know, as gears in a, in, a, in a car's engine work together, these components work together typically ex exactly like you explained now as a, as a system. And the fact is that now you're taking out one of the gears, and obviously that, that car is not going to perform as well as it will if you remove a specific gear and replace it with a smaller one or a different one for that matter that doesn't have the same number of teeth in it, whatever the case may be. Um, it's, a, it, it's the same type of concept from what I'm understanding. Um, you know, it's, this is a system. Uh, the, the SANS 1307 is, is, looks at it as a system as a whole, and therefore, it says it should have this type of collector. It should should not have that type of collector, and it does that for a reason. And and, and you mentioned it. You talk. You you spoke about the the um, the optimal functionality of it. Yeah, and and you know, given the fact that um, a solar system must perform in a very specific range, and I'll give you an example, Willem. If, if, a, if a solar system overperforms, in other words, if it gathers too much heat and is able to uh, inject too much heat into the said volume of water in its storage, you've got a dangerous situation on your hands. Very, very dangerous because the solar system it will not be able to switch the sun off or control the sun or control how much heat uh, it, it uh, uh, accepts via solar radiation. So you you cannot over-design it and you cannot under-design it because under-designing it would, would mean that it's effectively useless and the, um, the consumer will have spent money on, on, on something that is not achieving even half of what his expectations are. So it has to fall within a very, very specific range. And that range, we, we call it a range, it's not a range, but, it, but, but you can think of it as a very carefully considered um, performance uh, package that it needs to comply with. It, it it must be able to heat water at a certain rate, but no faster. So there's a window within which it must fall. And 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 this is a theme you'll, and unless you read through one three zero seven, you won't know. But it's a theme that reoccurs in one three zero seven. You will. It has to fall between or within a certain window of performance. So you cannot just have at it as a, as a, as a, as a designer and say, oh, well, I'm going to make the best solar system in the world and I'm going to take a tank from this guy and a collector from there. I'm going to add another collector and some extra that doesn't You can't do that because a solar system is inherently dangerous and it, it in, on, on one side <clears throat> and the fact that it's a pressurized system already makes it dangerous. The fact that you're exposing it to uncontrollable heat source is is doubly dangerous. So 
so when once you start to deviate from what the system is, then you are on thin ice. Richard, just before we get into a little bit more details of this topic and, and, and of the subject that we're talking about, let's hop into an ad break quickly. Are you a tradesperson or a trading company that is looking for a platform to market your services? Let Articulated speed up the process for you. You can use our podcast to sell your services. Email us for a quote at organizer at articulated.co.za. You can also visit our website at www.articulated.co.za. Don't forget to download the all-new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users. Welcome back to our listeners. And this is yet another technical conversation in which we are discussing the importance of using a solar tank and SANS 1307 standard. And I have with me our regular guest for these technical conversations, Mr. Richard Bailey. And just before we went into our ad break, we were discussing the fact that there are certain risks involved in using a non-compliant. If, you're not, if you don't comply with the SANS standards and the, 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 uh, the requirements specifically of SANS 1307, which describes the, the requirements for a solar system as a unit, a system, um, then it won't just not optimally function, uh, but also that there are other risks associated to it, like you know the uncontrollable heat from the sun and those kind of things. Richard, um, what, could you name uh, sort of uh, a couple of key differences between the design of the two types of tanks? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Willem. Um, the, this is this is and and this is something that a lot of people don't quite recognize. So there are a number of differences between the design of a solar uh, collector, or at least a solar storage tank and a conventional storage tank, remembering that this is supposed to be hooked up to a collector. So obviously, there are going to be a, a, some some differences. But one of the biggest ones and one of those that um, a lot of people don't recognize is the position of the element within the storage tank. The element being the electrical uh, backup element. In other words, the uh, the uh, the heating element, which which heats the water in the tank when there isn't enough solar input. Now, the position of this conventionally would be uh, right at the bottom or as low as possible in a body of water. If you want to heat up a body of water you, and you want to heat it from a particular source, that source must be at the lowest possible point. Why? Because as water heats, it excites and uh, the, it expands, the, um, the volume of the water increases, and therefore it becomes less dense. And in layperson's terms, it's lighter than the cooler water. And so it will rise to the top of whichever container it's contained in. So in heating from the bottom, you are, you're going to ensure that you heat all of the water in the tank or most of the water in that tank because you're going to heat it from the coldest part of the tank. All the cold water is at, at concentrated at the bottom of the tank. You shove your element at the bottom of the tank. You heat all that cold water. As it heats up, it migrates to the top. It displaces the cooler water, which in turn is heated again. And so you get this, this, um, uh, with this uh, condition in the tank, which we call stratification layers, but, but essentially all the hot water is on top and you are heating the coolest part of the tank. So that is a conventional design and position and makes sense why it would be there. But in a solar system, in a solar tank, it's different. In a solar tank, 
And and there is another podcast out there, Willem, <clears throat> that um, talks about the controlling of a solar system. And it ties in with that. So in a solar system, what, what happens is when a, when a solar system is unable to gather sufficient heat from the solar radiation, something has to happen. You know, something else has to step in because Mr. and Mrs. Jones is not going to be satisfied having just spent 50K on a system and they haven't got any hot water. So you have to heat that water by another means. And usually it's an electrical means. So you're, you'll have a controller stepping in and saying, okay, there's not enough heat. I've reached a specific time and I'm switching this element on. Now the element heats it and everybody's happy and hunky-dory. However, sometimes the controller settings uh, are mixed up or, or not attended to, or you have power. <laughs> Goodness me, we, we we live in a country where power outages <laughs> are, uh, you know, so Lo load shedding. you lose, <laughs> you lose the, the settings and the timer. Sometimes the memory goes and everything reverts to, to, to normal. And sometimes what happens, Willem, is that the uh, electrical heating input comes on when it should not come on. In other words, during the time when it is supposed to be gathering solar heat, you, you, you are now uh, inputting electrical heat at the same time, which is a problem. Because if you, if for example, paint a quick scenario, <clears throat> I know we're pressed for time. If the timer, the electrical heating timer is switched on and at 10 o'clock in the morning, when your solar input is supposed, supposed to start for this, for this system, and it's a beautiful hot summer's day, but the timer has switched the electrical heater on so that at 10 a.m. in the morning, you already have a full hot tank of water because it's been heated by the electrics. Now you've got a problem because you only at the beginning of the solar cycle, everybody's left for work, and now this poor system sits there and boils in the sun because there is no space left in the storage tank for any of the solar heat to go to. I call it space. It's not space. It is, it is, you know, but I just call it space. You know what I mean? So we were talking about the position of the element. And in a solar system, the element is positioned much higher in the tank, close to halfway up the tank. And so when it switches on and heats, does its heating cycle, even when it reaches temperature, it has only reached temperature with the top half or just more than half of the volume of the water stored in that tank. Below that element is still cool enough, and that is your space, in inverted commas, that allows for additional solar input. So it's such a small little detail in a, in a, in a design between a conventional and a solar tank, but it makes such a massive difference in the, in the performance of the thing and the longevity of the thing. So element position is the, is the one primary design difference, right? Then the position of the feet. Because often solar systems are installed on flat roofs, uh, you have to have a cradle or a frame that lifts it up to about a 45-degree angle. And if it's installed on a, on a conventional sloped roof, you usually forego that frame and just put it to the slope of the roof. In, in both of those instances, you are rotating the tank to an unnatural angle because a conventional tank will either be, well, it, it will be designed to be mounted either on a flat floor or on a vertical wall. So it's two possible feet position is either flat 
or an, at a, at a, a 90-degree angle against a wall. There is no… It's either horizontal or vertical. Or vertical that's but right. That's, it's either one of those two positions, finish and plot. Nothing in between. So when, you, when, you, when you're tilting a tank at 45 degrees or a system at 45 degrees to catch the rays of the sun, uh, now, now either way, you, wherever you put those feet, it's not going to work because the thing's going to be rotated and your ports are going to be rotated and the elements going to be rotated and it just doesn't work. So the feet position in solar tanks are different in that you are able to accommodate that 45 degree angle and position the tank at the correct orientation. So that's the, that's another difference. Then insulation and we call it insulation, uh, uh, um, uh, um, protection of heat loss, is, I suppose you could call it. Because solar systems are mostly installed outside, it's, it's a known thing that the solar system will be installed outside. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of tanks are in the roof. That's fine. Okay. But, but a lot of them are not. And because of that, you, and because of the fact that you've got to um, comply with and meet the requirements within SANS 1307, the performance requirements. One of those requirements is standing heat loss. There is a, there is a time frame. They 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 set it up uh, as per manufacturer's installation instructions. They insulate it according to manufacturer's re requirements, and they set it up, bring it to a particular temperature, and then monitor that temperature over a particular time frame. And it may not lose more than X heat. Okay, X amount of heat energy. And so they, they call it standing heat loss, and it needs to comply with that. Now, if you've got a tank that is not well insulated, it's going to lose the heat. It's not going to comply. So for that reason, these things are well insulated inherently. And so it, there, is, there is a difference between the insulation properties of a solar tank and a normal co conventional tank. That is less so now in the last year or two because of the fact that conventional tanks have – the requirement for conventional tanks has shifted from a lesser um, uh, uh, insulation requirement to a, quite a vigorous one. Uh, currently, class B, we call it, or B-rated. Um, so even conventional tanks these days are, are actually rated quite closely to uh, uh, what we used to call a solar tank or uh, rating in, in the old days a couple of years ago. So now they are a lot similar. But but still, they, you will find here and there you will find differences. So that is um, that is a third a third key difference. Richard, just before we continue with our conversation and looking at a, a few or a couple of more key differences between the two types of tanks, let's just hop straight into an ad break and give our uh, audience uh, the opportunity to come back to to listen to the uh, remainder of our conversation. We'll chat to you again just now. Introducing the Plumbing Industry Registration Board Company Registration Portal. Now you can register your company to have access to more benefits, including purchasing and allocating certificates of compliance to your PRB-registered employees. Visit www.pirb.co.za to find out more information. Welcome back. You're still tuned in to another technical conversation of the Professional Plumber Podcast. Uh, with me is our guest, Richard Bailey. We are discussing the importance of using a solar tank for solar systems and uh, the SANS 1307 uh, standard. 
And just before we went into our break, we discussed a couple of key differences between the two types of tanks, using a solar tank and a conventional tank. And we, we discussed, Richard, we looked at, uh, you know, the positioning of the element. We discussed the frame and the feet positioning of a solar, a solar tank and the fact that its feet is sort of adapted to accommodate the 45-degree angle. And we also spoke about the insulation and the fact that solar heaters, because of the fact that they are mainly uh, you know, mounted or, or positioned or installed on the outside, they tend to, you know, they're exposed to losing heat, and that they have, you know, sort of a special insulation to retain heat. Um, and we did mention that, you know, these days, that in the last couple of years, conventional tanks have sort of caught up with that type of insulation. But the fact is that there is still that key uh, difference between the two. Uh, what other key differences? can we look at between a conventional tank and a solar tank? Well, um, Willem, sticking with the theme of the fact that solar systems are usually or, 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 or um, very often plumbed and, and installed outside, weather protection plays a big role. Um, you know, you've got, you've got electrics that are connected to, to a tank. You have a, a full-on 220 volt, three, sometimes four kilowatt. Till in a solar system, it's much less. It's usually two kilowatt. But you've got a 220 volt um, system connected to this, to this tank, and and that is exposed to all types of weather and rain. So it's an external installation, external um, electrical installation, which needs to be, you need to be very sure that it is properly protected against the weather. So very often, the solar tanks have got. Um, excellent um, weather protection uh, sort of uh, measures in place to make sure that that's all protected. And then the most obvious one, I'm pretty sure that everybody's wondering why I've left it out, is the fact that it is connected to uh, a solar collector of some description. And whether it's a direct system or an indirect system makes no difference. You still have to have a, a, a means to transfer the heat from the collector into the tank. And that is done by means of extra ports, ports, P-O-R-T-S. It's where your um, pipe work connects to a geyser. So on a conventional geyser, you'll have three ports. Um, and on a, a solar geyser, you'll have an extra two because you'll have a flow and return port. Now, I know that, uh, again, you, you talk about what is what is actually done out there in the, in the workplace. Very often, a conventional tank will be used and various fittings will be used to create extra ports let's put it that way and and sure. and that is um, sure. did you say something Willem sorry yeah you know the fact is you say that that people actually do that but we have to look at the fact that you know you you are compromising the the optimal functioning of the system again and and secondly you are putting the system and the customer at risk you know, these things are in place for a specific reason. And, and the SAN standards, again, I, I always reiterate the fact that the SAN standards are there for two reasons, to ensure optimal, optimal functionality and to ensure the safety, health and safety of the customer. Um, so, yeah, I'm just a little bit shocked that people actually yep. don't do it correctly. Yeah, it's, 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 a, common, it's a common practice. Some, some, uh, there's many ways of achieving it. I'm not going to go into the details, but, but some, sometimes it's done – very conscientiously, but and sometimes it's done from a very ignorant perspective, and uh, and I mean that in the, with the greatest respect. But but when when we talk about ignorance, I'm talking about the fact that you don't understand 
the solar system. You don't understand what it happens. It doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means you're ignorant on this particular um, uh, topic that we're discussing. So, we're, so the ignorant installations are the dangerous ones, and they expose they expose um, homeowners to massively high temperatures to, and they expose the tanks to dangerous uh, temperature. Ugh, they're, 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 we could go into it. Willem, we could discuss it for a day, I promise you. The, 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 the many, many ways uh, that are problems with solar installations because of, a, because of an ignorance uh, with regards to solar. So, so the, the, the point is that a solar system or a solar tank has uh, two extra ports that allow for the flow and return turn, whether it's uh, water or, or glycol mixture, to, to, to pass into or through or impart the heat into the tank, into the storage tank itself. So that is an absolute key difference. And I know it's possible to bypass that. I know it's possible to plumb something um, that is not. But we talk again about a system. SANS 1307 system, does it comply? Yes or no? It's a black and white question. It's in a black and white answer. Lastly, um, the... The, the, there is a thing called an indirect solar system. Um, I'm not going to go into the details, but essentially it keeps the heating medium, the medium that is within the collector, the solar collector, um, separate from the potable water within the storage tank. So there is a clean disconnect between the, the heating medium, which is usually a mixture of glycol and water. And it transfers its heat energy only into the water, and it does so in a number of ways within the tank. But that is an, another very, very obvious difference that, or, or, or a very obvious uh, situation where, where a conventional tank will simply not suffice. You, you cannot plumb an, an indirect uh, system on a conventional tank. So that's, that's blatantly obvious. Sure, I know, but it is, in fact, uh, a, a key difference, one of the key differences. So we we can talk about non uh, 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 we can talk about indirect systems, Willem, but they are wholly different, and I think that is going to be the subject of another podcast because they are um, yeah. They, they, in fact, there is so much detail surrounding solar systems. We could do uh, quite a few podcasts around solar. Uh, indirect systems have particular requirements. And one would choose them for particular reasons, and we could get into that. But um, I think for now, those those six that I've mentioned are, are are pretty much the key differences between. And and you can't you can't work around it. One or two, you can think you can work around it, but but you're not achieving the same thing. You you think you're achieving it, but you're actually not. And um, so 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 there you have it. Yeah. Richard, so we're talking about the fact that there are other podcasts and, and other episodes that the audience can listen to. To uh, so I want to I want to urge our listeners out there. We said earlier, and we mentioned earlier in this specific episode that there is another episode that they can listen to, where we speak of the uh, the controlling and the importance of the controlling of solar systems and solar temperatures and those kind of things. Yeah, that that is that is a key. I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty. Um, I'm pretty fanatical about solar uh, and and heat pumps, uh, as as many of you might or might not know. Um, so for me, it's a very, it's a very exciting thing. But but and so for me, everything is important. All of the details, all of the subjects, and all of the topics that we talk about a solar system or a heat pump system is is vital to me because there are key concepts that you need to. Uh, take on board if you really want to understand these things. There are key concepts that you need to take on board, and controlling is most certainly one of them. 
people think, oh, I'll just switch the element on when I when I want to, you know, I'll just switch it on now. And no, it's not about that. It's a very, it's a, it's a fascinating uh, thing. As you start to un, uncover all the little bits and pieces and you start to dig deeper, it becomes quite fascinating. So yeah, it is, it is a nice podcast to listen to. Richard, thanks a stack for having shared the information on this specific topic, you know, using and the importance of using the specifically the solar tank for solar systems. And, uh, you know, also the requirements of the SANS uh, standard, the 1307 standard. I do believe that it carries the same value to our audience, our listeners out there, as it does to me. Pleasure, Willem. Always a pleasure. And then lastly, thanks a stack to you, the listener out there. We will definitely chat to you again very soon. Thanks for having tuned in. Make sure to read more about the PIRB on our website at pirb.co.za and on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.